Thank you for tuning in. We'll get to your program right after this short word from our sponsors. When I first went into business, I found out in a hurry that it was lonely at the top. If you're a CEO or business owner and you're feeling lonely at the top, then I'd like to invite you to join us at our Action Coach membership community. It's a community of like-minded business owners that help each other, build each other up, sometimes push and pull each other. If you'd like to learn more, just reach out to me at billgilliland.actioncoach.com, book a session, and I'll give you all the details. If there is somebody else that can do my job, you know, 80% as well as I can, I probably need to train them how to do it and do something else. Or at least it'll help free me up to do more. So I always believe in training my people, training them to even be better than I am at certain areas. And they will, they will take their job and grow with it if you do. So allowing them to, grow within the company has really opened up the potential and the opportunity for me as the business owner. Hi there. Welcome to Epic Entrepreneurs, the show where we show you what it really takes to build an epic business. I'm Bill Gilliland, and I'm here to help you make more money, build better teams, and find the time to have the freedom to do the things that you went into business for in the first place. So let's get started. Have you ever wondered what it takes to build a business from you, yourself, just one person, and build it up to over 70 employees in just a few years? Well, today we're chatting with Anson Martin of Valley Roofing. He's going to explain exactly what it takes to become an epic entrepreneur and to build an epic business. Hi, everybody. It's Bill Gilliland, and welcome to another episode of Epic Entrepreneurs. And today I'm joined by Anson Martin of Valley Roofing. How's it going, Anson? Hey, it's going good. Beautiful weather here. It's another great day to be out there at it. So excited, ready to roll, get stuff done. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about, you know, how you got into the roofing business in the first place. Yeah. So that's been about 16 years ago. But for me, I I grew up on a dairy farm and I enjoyed farming. But as I got older, it's kind of hard to get into that business. And I got into construction and I really... I really enjoyed construction, but the best part was always putting the roof on. So whenever we would do a house or a building, I always got to do the roof. They knew I liked it. And as time went on, I more and more just started to think about it and had a friend in the excavating business that knew a lot of contractors and kind of encouraged me to just start my own business. So that's what I did. Just me by myself, I started talking to contractors and instead of doing the whole building now, just going around and putting the roofs on for them. So that's, yeah, it was in 2004 and that's where it's all started. And it was just you when you first started? Yeah, it was just me. The first summer I started getting a few part-time help here and there, you know, Couple of young guys, hey, can I help you a little bit after school? And I'd say, sure, come on out. You know, you can help clean up or, or whatever. So, just to give a an idea to the folks out there, so where are we now? Like, about how many employees do we have now? 
So now we have 50 employees. We also keep about another 25 people busy as subcontractors. And yeah, just doing hundreds, thousands of projects every year. And we're doing more than roofs now as well. Is that right? Yeah, we've added as we went along just other uh, home exterior products like siding, windows, doors, gutters. We even added sunrooms here two years ago where we'll build a sunroom addition onto the side of your home wherever you want it. So that's been good. But pretty much if it's on the exterior of the home, we're at least in the conversation, if not the best person for it. Right. All right. So let's talk a little bit about, let's reel it back a little bit and and talk about adding those first few employees or the first crew or something. How'd that come about? So there was just a lot of work. And as one person, you only have 24 hours a day, you know, 365 of those in a year, and you can only do so much. So in bringing employees on, I wanted help to be able to get through the work quicker and so I didn't have to work so long. At first, like I said, just some part-time help here and there to kind of be my right hand as I went about the work. And then as that grew, pretty soon it develops into, hey, this guy wants to run a crew. Okay, well, you want to run a crew? Maybe I should go run another crew and, you know, train them, get them up to par on everything. And that's kind of where it started. The second year, I think we had like six people working for us. By the third year, maybe 10 to 15. And you just train them, let them take over and do it. And that's that's kind of where it just took off from. So tell us a little bit of your philosophy of training and educating and some setting standards and that sort of thing. So one thing in my mind is if there is somebody else that can do my job, you know, 80% as well as I can, I probably need to train them how to do it and do something else. Or at least it'll help free me up to do more. So I always believe in training my people, training them to even be better than I am at certain areas. And they will, they will take their job and grow with it if you do. So allowing them to, grow within the company has really opened up the potential and the opportunity for me as the business owner. And let's talk about some of those opportunities of how you've grown otherwise. I mean, you've obviously added people along the way and developed more leaders, but what are some other ways that we've grown? Yeah. So in our industry, it seems there's a lot of help out there and everybody talks about the unemployment rate, but the people we're looking for we set a pretty high standard. We want our people to to represent our company. And we have a no drug, no drug policy, no smoking policy on job sites, different things like that. And for any of you who know, know anything about roofing, those guys can be hard to find. So it's been a struggle finding this, those good guys. When I do find them, like I said, I pay them well, train them well, so they want to stay. We've also a couple times bought out other companies that wanted to kind of get out of the business and got some really good help and people along with that, which has allowed us to grow. It seems our growth, the limiting factor to our growth is 
yeah, for the last 10 years has typically been people. So finding the right people, however we do that, is a constant goal of mine. So let's talk about those acquisitions a minute. Let's talk about the first acquisition. How'd that come about? So that came about basically just, uh, it was a guy that he had done a lot of framing, some roofing, a little bit of a similar business to mine. And I don't think he liked the administrative part of the whole business, but was very, very good at the work they did, at the people, you know, he was hiring and stuff like that. So I kind of had the administrative part, maybe a little bit more figured out. He was able to bring a lot to the production side. So we decided to, hey, he would close down his business, join ours. He brought those people along and it it worked out great for both sides, for both of us. So how'd the buyout happen? Did you just buy out his assets or what, what how'd that work? Yeah. So basically it was just an asset acquisition, which is how they wanted it, what made the most sense for me. And it allowed us to use you know, the tools and equipment and stuff like that, that he had, but also gave him the freedom to just shut down that business so that it was no more. Okay. And so they all came to work for you. Yes. With us, I guess, you know, Valley Roofing. And so that was a good way to get more capacity right off the bat. Yeah, absolutely. And so what did that do for you by bringing on somebody like that? So I think what it did was it forced me to change my role from more of a day-to-day production manager to being more of an owner and general manager of the company and planning for the future, thinking big picture. Whereas prior to this acquisition, I was buried in the weeds every single day with what had to be done before five o'clock. So it just really opened that part of my life. Awesome. Well, we'll come back to the other acquisition in a minute. You and I met somewhere in there. How did we get involved? Yeah. So I forget what year it was, 2012, maybe. I don't even remember, you know, when Action Coach came in and became a part of it. But as a owner, operator, startup, self-entrepreneur, you might say, you get to that point where there is so much stuff about business, about people, about management opportunity, whatever you want to name that you don't know about. And as a young man with only an eighth grade education, which served me well, by the way, I realized that I needed more. I needed additional help. And where, what better place to go to than someone who has been there before knows these things. And that's where we hired Action Coach to come be a part of our company and start doing some more proactive planning on what we want the business to look like and where we want it to go versus just reacting to all the day-to-day activities. Yeah. So what have been some of the actual benefits and outcomes as a result of getting some coaching? Yeah. So I think it kind of came during a period of a lot of growth and a lot of change and being able to manage that, train the people, get collaborative buy-in from the entire team, especially the leadership team that, hey, these are some things we need to do. This is some 
areas we need to go with this company, get on board, help us through that. And I think as a entrepreneurial mindset, as an owner, you have so many ideas, so many things you know that could be better. And a good coach can just really help you break this down to the team, how to present it to everybody so you can do something with it and go together. There's a saying I love, if, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I think this whole process has just helped the togetherness of our team and our growth and where we've gotten to. Yeah, so it's been, you know, the coaching has involved more than just you as well, right? It's been involved some of your team members as well. That's right. Different team members have, you know, really benefited from having a coach, having somebody besides just me that they can bounce ideas off of. Right. And some of the, particularly some of the sales guys have really, I mean, there's been some real success stories there. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, even as the general manager of the company now, slash CEO or president or whatever, there's many times when it's easy for me to focus on sales if things aren't going well, but pretty soon to, whoa, I got a bigger problem over here in the office. You guys figure this out. I'm, I'm moving on. And having that own department have a resource like this has allowed for a lot of stability and continued growth that I wouldn't have been able to provide on my own. Awesome stuff. So where do you think you would have been if we hadn't gotten together? You know, in 2011, we were just coming out of the recession. Things were actually bad enough that it was almost a daily or weekly thought that, you know, I might just have to close the doors and and drop all this. Or I forget exactly what year it was. And I know thinking before I do this, I'm going to get some help. I'm going to try something different, something I've never done before, which is when uh, we signed up for Action Coach. So we never know what the past or what the other um, route at the crossroads would have brought. but just simply not having a valley roofing is certainly, yeah, that option's on the table. Wow. That's cool. Hey, um, let's talk a little bit about the other acquisition. How did that come about? So the other acquisition was a local competitor that had done, you know, both residential and commercial, and they wanted to get rid of or kind of get out of the residential business. So it kind of made a lot of sense that we're still looking for good people. So let's come together and see if we can make something work. I need the tools and equipment anyway, if we grow. The help is the hardest thing to find. So if the numbers worked out, I, I thought it's a win-win deal. What's interesting about that one is they were one of our, they were our biggest competitor at the time. And I think keeping the communication lines open in a positive way with your competitors like that is key to to a transaction like this taking place. In other words, you may never know what might come about. So who, who approached whom about this? Did they approach you? They approached me, yes. So they decided to get out of the residential side of their business. So we still compete on the commercial side. Is that right? Yes. To a certain extent, but we are pretty much in a 
you know, 95% of what we do is residential. Right. So we're, we're not really competing against them. So we're actually working together with them now. We're working yeah. together with them, bidding jobs together with them, teaming up on jobs where the two of us can make, come through for the best result for a contractor. Yes. So it's really, we're, we're sort of competitors, but we're also cooperating. So we're just co-opetition, I guess. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a word maybe some people haven't heard before because, but it's an interesting, uh, I'm not sure it's actually a word. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I, I think it's a great point. So they came to you. You we made the deal. How's that one worked out? It's worked out okay. What was more difficult in this deal is the main leader did not come along with the transaction. And so I think some of the people felt like they got pawned off onto somebody else. So it was a little harder from a cultural standpoint with the people on the culture side and and all of that, because their original company that they were with is still just four miles down the road, still in business. So the option is always there in their mind. Why, why did I get sent to this company versus still working at that one? Sort of like getting, like being on a baseball team and getting traded to one of the other teams. Yeah, it's really kind of like it was. And for those of them that didn't really want to be traded or weren't sure, I don't think that's ever completely gone away from them. Interesting. So culture's been a big deal. And you were talking about the culture shift. Let's talk about your beliefs around a strong culture. Yeah, so a company culture is very important to me for several different reasons. I need I want to come to work every day and and have fun and not have work just be a burden. I also think that work should be a very solid, stable um, part of people's lives. So in my opinion, even if your, your personal life, if things come up and it kind of feels like they're going off the rails, I want work. I want your eight or 10 hours a day at work to be a stable rock in your life. I also have pretty high values in a lot of areas. I'm a believer. I think it's very important that we always do the right thing, whether it costs us money or not, the right thing for a customer, the right way to treat people, all those kinds of things is very important in our culture. And I, I train that and emphasize that every single day. Hmm. That's awesome. I, I think I agree with you 100% that a strong culture is, is, is key to think to a strong business and business growth. And obviously it's working. What kind of challenges did you run into? Like you said, we brought these new people in. How have we acclimated them to our culture? Basically, consistent meetings, consistent messages, you might say, from our leadership group. You know, every Monday morning we have a we have a company meeting where everybody gets together for twenty or thirty minutes and discusses things, and just rallying around people too. Like I can't teach the culture to everybody, but team leaders need to teach it. And if we're all unified and after the same goal, the same purpose, it'll trickle down to everybody else. So I think for me as the owner. 
it's important that I'm in front of the guys, that they see my face, that they hear my message so that they know what's expected and what this company is all about. Perfect. So what's next for Valley Roofing? Where, what's, what's the next things? Where are we headed? You know, I don't know. It seems in the business world, there's always change. You never know what one year to the next will bring. This year, we had to navigate through COVID. And to most any business in the United States, COVID has changed things drastically and nobody saw it coming. So it seems like this year we've dealt some with that, figuring out how to pivot our business, change our business, add to our business, whatever it is to navigate through that. And I think also we've had a tremendous amount of growth here just in the last couple of years. We've more than doubled in the last three years. So we're also taking this time on the timeline of our business to refine some of our structure, our policies, and how we do things. Well, first of all, to make it easier for the work we're doing now and possibly eliminate the bottlenecks for potential growth in the future. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. So what other advice would you have for other epic entrepreneurs out there? Oh, boy. Yeah, well, that's that's a good question. You know, there is so much opportunity, I think, in this world here in the United States of America in particular, I think you got to go for it. You come up with a dream and figure out how to, how to do it. Don't be afraid of the hard work. The first 10 years of my business were the hardest work I've ever done in my life, but it's paid off tremendously. I think a lot of people want something real quick, that instant gratification and I haven't seen business that way, but if you put in the hard work, it will reward you. And just particularly from me, myself, always do the right thing, the right thing for your employees, take care of them well, treat them well, help them out, whatever, and do the right thing for your customers too. Sometimes that will cost you money or it'll mean taking something off the bill to help keep everybody happy. At the end of the day, if you do the right thing for everybody, that word will travel fast and people will want to be a part of what you're doing. Yeah, I think that's fantastic advice. So, hey, thanks, Anson. Thanks for being on. It's been a pleasure having you. If people wanted to get a hold of you or get a hold of Valley Roofing, what's the best way for them to find you? Yes, they can go to our website at www.valroofing.com. Or pick up the phone and call 540-820-2705. And if they need to talk to me in particular, just ask for Anson. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks. Thanks for that. Hey, really appreciate you have a lot of wisdom on this call. And I hope you uh, entrepreneurs out there heard what he had to say about, you know, putting in the time. A lot of times we say, you know, people sort of overestimate what they can do in a year, but they definitely underestimate what they can get done in a decade. So great advice. Yeah. Thanks for being on here. And uh, maybe we can have another conversation. I think there's more nuggets here. Cool. Thank you, Bill. Thanks for joining us for Epic Entrepreneurs. So here's three things you can do. Number one, if you enjoyed the podcast, go out and give us a five-star review. 
Number two, subscribe to the podcast. You guys know how it works. The more subscribers we get, the more cool things we can offer you. And number three, if you'd like a free copy of my book, The Coach Approach, Five Principles to Build Your Epic Business, then just go to giftfrombill.com. That's giftfrombill.com. Until next time, all the best. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.